Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. This is kind of an abbreviated version of the best of the Joe Show because we've got to get ready for Kane's Hoops action That's coming up in just about 30 minutes from now. We're going to make the most of our short time together. Some Joe Rose Show talking with the U's head coach, Manny Diaz. Very interesting. You're going to want to hear that. Plus, the Dan Lebitard Show gives you some of their weekend observations. Before we do all that, though, let's get into some headlines. Buoyed by a special teams trick play touchdown, the Dolphins gathered their third win of the season, defeating the Eagles 37-31 yesterday. Tonight at 8-15, the Vikings and Seahawks do battle. The Heat went to Brooklyn last night and got a W against the Nets. They play the Raptors tomorrow at 7.30. The Hurricanes football team lost to Duke Saturday 27-17, finishing the regular season 6-6. They now await a bowl invitation. The Panthers defeated the Predators over the weekend. Game 2 of their 9-game homestand is tomorrow night at 7 against the Wild. The U's basketball team are back in action tonight, taking on Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. Pre-game starts at 6.30 here on 560 The Joe. Inter-Miami selected Mickey Ambrose in the MLS re-entry process. The team opens play in Fort Lauderdale March 14th. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A Canadian woman who was arrested for not holding an escalator handrail has been acquitted of the crime and rewarded $20,000 in damages. Wait, I'm confused. Should you or should you not hold on to handrails? A Seattle-area movie theater was recently evacuated when a highly contagious package of urine was wrongly delivered to the address. Toxic urine? Someone's been drinking Natty Ice. A Japanese department store has decided not to hand out period badges to their menstruating employees after public uproar. Sounds like the public is going through its time of the month. An LSU researcher has published a study that explains that vampires are real and like to attend bondage and S&M gatherings. Vampires? Bondage? S&M? I love it. So proud to be an LSU alumnus. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is clear with temperatures dropping into the 50s. Join Hylia Park for a free New Year's Eve party December 31st. Receive free party favors. Enjoy drink specials. Dance in the new year with live entertainment and go home rich after winning your share of $20,020 in drawings. Visit HialeahPark.com for more details. Whoo, Manny Diaz and Joe Rose. They talked it up this morning. Oh, man, they talked about what needed to be improved. This next recruiting class being the one that will change the you, who the team is, effort, everything that needs to be evaluated, problems with the D and the O, the quarterback position going forward, and they do a little talking on Tate Martell. 
lot to get to. I know that the game and, and people are fired up here in South Florida. I looked at the text machine. I know you've heard it all. What? Not just the game, but overall the 6-6 six and six season. After feeling like you had a chance to have a really good team, you end up 500 with uh, with some real disappointing losses in there. What, what are your thoughts on this team overall now? When you and I spoke for the first time last January, you know, after I was named head coach, I said there were there were three clear areas that we had to improve on to, to get this thing going. Um, number one was was the culture, which which really is inside the weight room, which to me, we have accomplished that. I think David Feely's done a, a great job with training our guys, understanding the way that our guys work and, and everything that's going on down there. And, and I think that even translated to the efforts that our team played with this past weekend coming off of the FIU game. Um, second was recruiting. We had to transform the way that we were recruiting, uh, which I think we have. Uh, this 2020 class, which, you know, I'm on the road right now. I already had three at-home visits last night. They are, not only are we excited about who these guys are as players, but their reaction to, you know, these past couple games is not just that, Coach, we're sticking with you. It's, Coach, we're coming in to be the difference. They have a group chat together, and these guys are, they are on fire. I mean, I mean, it's not a just, well, yeah, we're not, we're hanging in there. Like, well, Coach, wait till we get here, and you'll, you'll see this class is going to be the change at Miami. So I, so I'm excited about where we're going recruiting wise. The third thing that we had to correct is we had to correct the offense, and we had to correct it specifically within that the quarterback position. And I think that's the most that's the most disappointing part here in the last couple of weeks because of the inconsistencies, you know, and, and that's the part that, that I'm taking a step back and looking at because you look at us and you say, well, who are we? You know, what are we on offense? I mean, are we are we the bunch that scored 52 points and, and set school records against Louisville? I mean, the way that we looked against Florida State, I mean, you saw a uh, young, I mean, we, we talked about this just three weeks ago, you know, we, we know we had a bunch of young guys on offense that were and our growth curve was, was trending up. Uh, we had things going in the right direction and then you look at the way that we finished the final two weeks, you know, not being able to score the first half against FIU, you know, starting the game with all the three and outs at Duke and, and, and not being able to, to – all we needed was a touchdown in the third quarter of the game on Saturday, and that thing may turn into a route because we were – I mean, defensively, we were in complete control of the game. So that's the part that we're, we, where we sit here. And, again, obviously uh, – quarterback play which is which was you know very inconsistent you know we've, we've had guys in and out of the lineup so that's a part that's the the biggest uh disappointment and the biggest letdown and that's where my attention is because it's, it's my responsibility to get it fixed and I, and I will get it fixed let, let me ask you about a couple of these topics and, and uh, i just want to motivation and effort are, are you happy with that our team played I, I told the team in the locker room we, we came to play our older guys came to play and and, and again I, like i mentioned a lot of this is measurable even by the way that we practiced uh last week but we did i mean i i cannot fault uh the effort of our guys i can't fault training that we play with which now comes down to okay if our guys brought it you know which which they did and that's that's undeniable okay then why did why did it look the way that it looked and why why did we struggle to move the ball the way that we did I, we, we played duke a year ago we lost the game to duke a year ago and i can pull out very distinct clips of a lack of effort on special teams, I can pull up very distinct clips of a lack of effort on offense, and that, and that and those were the things tied to. And this is no small thing. I would be more concerned if I had to fix that because that's the thing that we we had no chance without that. We have got that established, okay. But now, if our guys are giving us that, then we've got to do better. To, we've got to find better ways to get them in position to succeed, you know. And that and that's that's where that's what I've got to get done. So so that would be the second part. Lead me into talent overall coach it, it just doesn't look like you, you have 
an, enough talent for the the big playmakers and, and those people. W- would you agree with that? This this roster needs to be upgraded. Well, there's there's no doubt it does. And, and and again, what we have shown is we have shown the the inconsistency of of the playmaking ability. It was very simple. I mean, again, Duke's going to play press cover one, and they're going to play press cover four, and you got to run away from guys, and you got to make some plays. And, and and there's a lot of things that go into that. And and we have struggled with that against teams that have played us similarly this year. Whether that was uh, Virginia Tech, you know, uh, Georgia Tech was was somewhat similar in that in that vein so but but the, the the main thing is this we have we have good players on this team what has to be what, what we have to find the way to and this is what speaks to this recruiting class we've got to upgrade the competition and we've got to start creating a sense that if if i don't do it somebody else is going to come behind me and take my job and that's something that we have to just stack recruiting classes on top of each other and that's not a miami issue that's that's an issue of everybody that's trying to to, to climb this mountain to get back up into the top five of college football you have got to stack recruiting classes on top of recruiting classes so that there is a competition in practice and that's where the consistency of performance comes in. And that's where you say, well, gosh, this guy on one week looks like this, and on another week it looks like that. And, and that's, that's what you can't have. You, you've got to have it where it's the same guys every week pushing themselves. And, that's that, again, this is straight off of what's always worked at Miami in the past. Coaching and, and schemes, does that have to be evaluated, Coach? The, the guys, are, are you are you not matching up schemes and, and maybe the way you're teaching things with certain guys to get the most out of them? Is that something you'll look at? Oh, Joe, everything has to be evaluated. I mean, there, there's no doubt. And that and that's and that's where it would be easy. And that's why I said, I mean, the, the point where that I've got to be thorough is if it was just constant issues, then that's one thing. The inconsistency and then trying to get into, okay, and, and what is it? Where where are the trends? What are the situations that we struggle? What what is, what, what is, there, is there certain things we go up against uh, that we struggle? So, yeah, again, that, that's where that's where you got to be thorough and, and looking at all the aspects and all the factors that are out there. Coach, uh, one thing over the last couple of years that was consistent with this team with this team was the defense. What what do you, have you seen just on tape or film or throughout this entire season that the team has just gotten very inconsistent on defense and it hasn't been the same team? It's just been the last couple of years outside of a couple of guys going pro. We know that, but outside of that, like what what do you think is the biggest problem with the defense right now? Well, when you step back and you look, you know, again now we've got a twelve game resume on this year's defense, and you look at our 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 numbers we were top 20 in just about every category again you look at you know you're you're back up in the top five and toggles for loss and sacks and all those type things a lot of the things that look the way that we've looked here over the last four years our past defense numbers even trended up as as year went on we obviously had some some uh, some poor games some outliers we flat out there was going to be a, a slight regression on defense this year because of just the players that we lost a year ago but when i when i watch our season in a microcosm on saturday our defense gave us a chance to win you know i mean i mean Duke gets a 45-yard drive for their first touchdown. The game was very similar to the, the game last year where it came down to field position. We come out in the third quarter for the second week in a, in a row, mind you, because in the FIU game last year, which, by the way, their first touchdown was on a was on a short field after, after a turnover. So we know the, the value of field position. We come out in the FIU game last year, or last, two weeks ago, and in the third quarter completely shut them down. At the, I don't, I'm not sure they had a first down. I think we did the exact same thing to Duke. And and in that time, the offense gets the ball on the, the long cover turn by K.J. Osborne, and then on the, the strip sack that Nesta Silvera recovers. A touchdown at that point that puts us up by 10, and we might run out of there 20-point winners. To be honest, those guys physically, in, in the way the game ends up looking, and you know, as, as the, the final two drives of the fourth quarter, we, we made some errors, but to be honest, those guys wore it out physically, and they wore it out mentally, but they're watching, and it's, just, it's, it's hard for those guys. Last year's defense was so special in terms of their resolve. I mean, it was, it was very unique with the type of leadership we have. The last two weeks, they, 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 they've, they've had a hard time watching, having to go out there and basically play with no margin for error. And when Duke again scored a touchdown,
touchdown on a, on a short field. Both of their touchdown drives were forty some odd yard drives, and they got to be twenty seventeen. They couldn't make they couldn't make the, the the other crucial stop to to keep us in the game. You know, would I like us to have been better? Of, of course, I could have. But but there was, there was an expectation that with what we lost a year ago and what we had, our numbers went from you know from the top five in, in defense to I think we're sixteenth or seventeenth or something like that. I mean, I, we're we're still playing very good defense at Miami with the expectation of to continue to recruit and continue to find ways to get better. Coach, let's go back to the offense. Um, uh, the offense line, I know you had some guys banged up, but dead last in third down in the country and almost last in sacks, I think, allowed in the country. I mean, those are numbers, as you know. I mean, you, you can't – that's a tough one to overcome. You can't keep drives going if you if you can't convert on third down. What are the biggest problems? Is it talent-wise offensive line? Is it – how do you get that whole thing flipped around? That's that's a big one when you start talking about dead last in college football. Talk about those. Yeah, Miami can't be dead last. I mean, that's just that can't be acceptable. And, that, and that's why I say, so you've got to look at everything that goes into that. I think it's oversimplistic to just put things on the offensive line. You know, what are the situations that are that are that we're getting into? What are the down distances that we're getting into? What are the what are the the, the chances that we're taking? Are we putting ourselves in, in in negative situations? But again, that's that's something that we have to own. And I think it's unfair to just say, well, you know, we'll just point that at that offensive line and say, you know, it, it, that's on you guys. They're, they're, that is a that is a global problem we we have to fix. Coach, the other one is now that the season's over and you end up last game, Nikosi Perry gets a chance to play for Jaron Williams. Do we have a quarterback going forward, or what happens now at the quarterback position? What's your thought on on that with these two? Guys? guys and, and bringing somebody in maybe to upgrade this thing. And that's what we talked about and, and we're sitting here three weeks ago thinking that there's no doubt that we do. And that's why the, the, the phrase that keeps coming up over and over again is consistency of performance. And is, is this a factor of youth, which it could be, and, and something that, that you mature your way out of? Is this a factor of, you know, or is this is this the, is this part of the of, of who you are? So as I, and again, I, that's why I circle back to the conversation we had 11 months ago. We're going to do whatever it takes to get the quarterback position fixed. We have seen in those young men that they when locked in and engaged and 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 we got it humming can really be special but but Miami is a place where we've got to do it week in and week out as we have to do we've got to do as we have to create competition we got to do whatever it takes to get the quarterback room up and running and, and, and leading our off coach uh, the big play I thought when we got Jeff Thomas and and Mark Pope and and guys like that I thought man everybody a lot of people recruited those guys they got recruited by everybody in the country and yet we just aren't getting consistent big plays out of them those are a couple guys how do you feel about your whole receiver receiving core especially with Osborne now going to be done who are the next guys or do you have to go find them oh, well both you know I mean I think I think the guys on our roster you know you mentioned Pope obviously D Wiggins emerged um, as the year went on Mike Harley you know is, is, is so solid Jeremiah Payton is a guy that we really think's got a big future who's been in our developmental group this fall uh, we, we, we are recruiting we, 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 we like the wideouts that we have coming in and then to, to your point on the big plays it, it, and I, what I go back to again is the inconsistency you know they're there and when they've been there and I think that that's why I go back to the Florida State Louisville weeks back to back where you say wow like this is this is becoming a unit you know you see right. you know the, the post of Jeff and the post of D and then you come back Louisville week the, the, the game the following week and, and you see the same things and the shots you know we've hit Pope on a couple shots this year but it's not it's not been consistent and I think that's what's caused some of the sort of the, the sputtering starts and stops for us offensively. Coach what's the story right now with Tate Martin 
Martell, everything okay with him personally? Like I know he's going to be off and probably not around for the bowl game too, but everything okay with him and this team? See, not, that's actually not for sure. No, we, we Tate and I spoke about 10 days ago uh, about him, you know, sort of getting right here in, uh, in the two-week period of our last two games. So again, it, it's it's on him and, and when, when he feels like he's got his uh, his mind right to, to, be, to come back, we're, you know, we're, we're ready for him. So, and I, I hope it is for the bowl. Coach, the, uh, the recruiting aspect coming off these last couple of games, has it affected things? What, what's it been like? I know you've talked about a, to, uh, about a couple guys recently that really jumped in and said, hey, we're not we're not going anywhere, man. We're going to stick this thing. We want to get it turned around. What's been the overall uh, from the group of guys you're recruiting? What's been the feedback? Extremely positive. And by the way, who doesn't love early opportunity? And who doesn't love the fact that, that we're going to have a, a heck of a competition for playing time this spring? The great thing about this recruiting class is we have, you know, I mentioned how you know we like the guys' talent. We love their mentality. The other great thing is that the majority of these guys are mid-year enrollees. So we have a chance immediately to inject 14, 15, somewhere around there guys into our roster on January 13th uh, and get those guys in our weight room to get those guys in a spring practice and, you know, to get those guys understanding uh, what we're trying to accomplish. And, and and that to me is the part that's got me fired up. This 2020 class, you know, as I've mentioned, not just their skill set, uh, but their mindsets, I think might be the thing that really makes them special. Before we let you go, Coach, uh, there was one other thing. I wanted to ask you, some, somebody said with, with breakdowns, is, is it a smart team? You feel you had a pretty smart team or were there too many mental mistakes? smart team or too many mental mistakes we are you get guys freelancing or or guys forget when there's an adjustment made by the other team and all of a sudden guys are out of position what would you say overall on that topic when i try to think of empirical evidence you know either counting it through missed assignments or i don't necessarily see that you know okay. we have we had i think in defense we had some coverage issues at the beginning of the year that to me went away as as time went on even our issues with guys up front i thought we i thought we would know who to block you know there were times of whether we are capable of it or you know that's a different story but you know i didn't see a lot of you know just free runners coming at our quarterback so no i i you know based off the evidence i'd push back on that a little bit all right coach thanks for your time we coach, appreciate thank it thank you okay guys have a good week very very interesting very very interesting not just that interview but the future of the youth football program we'll have to kind of see where it goes hopefully in a good direction one team that's trending in the right direction the miami heat and when I talk about the Heat, I think Ira Heat beat Winderman. I also think Alejandro Solana. Let's talk a little bit about the Heat. How did they come back last night and win? Well, I feel honored, first and foremost, that I'm in the same name. where You, you referenced me with Ira Winderman and myself. That's, that's a very uh, high praise. Well, you, you see, Alex, I'm going to tell you like this. That's kind of Ira right there. You know we love him. He knows a lot. But, man, what happened last night in the game? I was watching the Pelicans game, and I saw at one point – no time left, and the Heat were losing. And the next thing I looked, the next update, they said the Heat had won. Yeah, I mean, that's why you went out and got your star in Jimmy Butler, right? Because even though he probably wasn't playing the best game of the season, far from it, he was able to close. And that's why you went out and got the guy. You were sick of Josh Richardson stepping on it on the baseline in every single uh, clutch moment, and that's why you went out. You got Jimmy Butler. Maybe his shots weren't falling for most of the game, but – he found his success at the free throw line, and it's what ended up winning them the game. When you got a guy like Jimmy Butler, not only is he a killer on the court, especially when it gets to be crunch time, he really knows how to get the most out of the rest of the players on the team, it seems like. Yeah, and let's not forget Bam Adebayo, who every single time Spencer Dinwiddie picked up a switch on Bam Adebayo, it seemed like Bam was just the best defender, maybe even the best player on the court at the time. It's what makes him so versatile. I heard a quote, a quote excuse me, from Myers Leonard after the game yesterday where he said, 
Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, those three guys on the court at the same time defensively is like unbelievable. Each of those guys can pretty much guard one through five. Each of them. And and it's true. And you saw that with Bam Adebayo. You saw it with Justice Winslow. When you have that much versatility defensively on the floor, it's really hard for teams to find success offensively. Yeah, really hard to game plan right there. Bam has been an absolute blessing. But I was a believer in Bam last year. I was also a believer in Hassan Whiteside. I just figured they weren't a good fit on the same team. I got catfished by Hassan Whiteside. He is ruining my Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, you're tr- you you have too many teams for me to to, to keep track of. Got a lot of love. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I saw Carmelo Anthony won player of the week in the Western Conference. So. Bum. Is he wow, bum. Okay, yeah. man. Come okay. on, man. He doesn't play defense. He's yeah. poison for a team. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, we tried to warn everybody in Portland what they were getting. The fans thought they were going to be able uh, with, I did. with Dame Lillard and and CJ McCollum, they really thought those two guys would be able to transform Hassan Whiteside's game. And if you paid any attention to Hassan after he got paid here in South Florida down in Miami, you knew way better than to believe Hassan Whiteside would change not only his style of play, but just his mentality as an NBA player. Oh, well, let's talk about some important stuff, not just basketball, not just sports. Pizza. You and I love pizza. Danny G is in here. Marcos is in here. We all know a little bit about pizza. We love it so much. As you know, I've only been in Miami for about a year now, coming from South Louisiana. The food cultures are totally different, but pizza seems to be one of those staples. You go somewhere and there's good, good pizza. Miami, you're in town. Where are some of the hot pizza spots, Alejandro? Well, you know, I'm from Kendall. I'm from Cape Town. So whenever we talk pizza, whenever we talk food in general, I uh, I do a little Cape Town special. And I like to go, I like very authentic, My I see my buddy Alex Dono in the studio across, oh, he, he would appreciate this. I like very authentic Italian pizza. I don't even know if that's authentic, but I like Italian pizza, thin crust. The crust, by the way, the most important part of the pizza. It's my favorite food take, as Danny G would know. We spoke about it last Friday. Uh, places like L'Incontro, Two Brothers down in Kendall, and, uh, I mean, you can never go wrong with some of the classic places as well. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I, I like to uh, – when I'm getting my pizza, that's where I go. Danny G? There are three names in pizza in the South Florida area that you need to remember. Okay? Here's the three. Steve's, Frankie's, and Ray's. Yeah. All right? Those are the staples. Now, if you want an underground one, you want to talk about a K-Town pizza spot that, that I'm so shocked Alejandro Solana doesn't know about – down there by Dadeland, hidden behind there behind the behind the the, the complexes by on the other side of the Palmetto, Papa Piccolo's Pizza. You want to talk about a fantastic pie? I, if you've never been to this place, they make a great pie. They make great Italian food. Period. But the pie there is spectacular. But if you want to talk Miami pizza, Ray's, Frankie, Steve, the conversation ends there. Marcos, you get to shoot your shot one place. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I appreciate all the suggestions, guys, but they're actually all wrong. I'm not sure if you know that as well. I've made pizza at Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza and Rocco's Pizza. Hands down, best pizza is in Miramar, Antonio's Pizzeria. Place hasn't changed since like 1979, and that's the way I like it. Oh, we got a wild card in there. I like that. I like that a lot. I got a couple deep dish pizzas. Venezia over there on A1A in North Beach has a very good deep dish pizza. Also, Pizza Fiore. I went the other day on your suggestion, Danny G, and it was ha. But yeah, so many great pizza places. You, you, Solana, you like to hit up the K Town area. You got you're kind of like our K Town specialist. I take great pride in knowing that uh, anybody out in Kendall, I, I speak for the Kendall, the Kendillians. Kendillians? The millions of Kendillians right there, Alejandro Solana. 
real quick, you know we both love basketball. The Heat, are they looking good for these next couple games? I know they got a rough stretch ahead of them. I mean, we'll see. They're at Toronto tomorrow, right after they're in Boston, so a tough back-to-back. But this is why, uh, you know, we, we spoke highly of the Heat going into the season. They have a, a nice little young core, and you hope that even though it's a tough stretch back-to-back, they can possibly look up, get their third and fourth straight victories. And we've got basketball to look forward to in just a couple of minutes. Joe Z going to be on the call from Champaign-Urbana. It is going to be the U versus Illinois, the Illini. Don't really know what's going to happen with the U right now. They're still kind of in that incubatory phase. We don't know if they're going to be a really good team, if they're going to kind of flounder. I guess tonight might be a good barometer. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I do know one thing. Joe Zagaki's up there, and I know he he's he's missing the warmth of South Florida. Even though the temperature's dropping a little, it's much nicer down here in South Florida than it is up in uh, up in Illinois country. You are a weatherman, after all, a certified weatherman. If they want to follow your weather and your comings and goings on Twitter, what do they go, Solana? At Alex M. Solana, Twitter and Instagram, at Alex M. Solana. Danny G, what is your Twitter? You can find me at 305 Sports Bomber. Marco's Twitter time. Marco Radio. And I am at Dan Day Radio. I know that's a lot to throw at you right there. So what you can always do is download the podcast of this show or any show that you hear on this radio station. Simply go to the radio.com app. You can go to our website, wqam.com, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Like I said, Joe Z is going to have the call of the U versus the I in just a couple of minutes, Danny G. Marco is going to be behind the scenes. Alejandro Solana, he is the executive producer of the Hawk and Crowder show. That is weekdays 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. I help down on the line in the affiliates. And then, of course, do the best of the Joe show. Try to do it every day from 6 to 7 and always, always, always online. So I'm calling this game the U and the I. You are going to be hearing it in about five seconds, it almost seems like. Thank you once again for listening. I am Dan Day. For Alejandro Solana, Danny G, and Marcos, have a very good night and go Miami. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 